The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory, Glory to, to you, you, O Lord. Lord. Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited are not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Florence Price was born Florence Smith in Little Rock, Arkansas in the year of 1887, one of three children in a mixed-race family. Her father was a dentist, her mother a music teacher. Florence gave her first piano performance at the tender age of four. Her first composition was published when she was only 11. After graduating high school as valedictorian at the age of 14, Florence entered the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston, where she passed as Mexican in order to escape racial discrimination against blacks, listing her hometown as Pueblo, Mexico. She graduated in 1906 with honors, and she returned to Arkansas. After a series of racial incidents and lynchings in Little Rock, her family moved north in the Great Migration to escape Jim Crow conditions, and they settled in Chicago. By this time, Florence had married Thomas Price, a lawyer. In Chicago, her musical career blossomed. However, severe abuse by her husband led to a painful divorce. Florence began to receive national recognition for her compositions and performances. In 1932, Florence submitted a few compositions for the Wanamaker Foundation Awards. She won first place for her symphony in E minor, earning her a $500 prize. On June 15th, 
1933. The Chicago Symphony Orchestra premiered her symphony in E minor, making Price's piece the first composition by a black woman to be performed by a major orchestra. I caught Florence's story the other day while I was driving and, and listening to Symphony Hall on the radio. They then played her symphony, and as I drove, I thought about her story in connection to the 23rd Psalm. I thought about the dark valleys this woman walked through during her lifetime. I thought about what it meant to navigate racism in daily life and study, even to the point of passing oneself off as an entirely different race. I thought about the complicated valley her biracial family journeyed through in the late 1800s and early 1900s. I thought about the complex and dangerous valley she walked through as a woman seeking education and employment in a male-dominated world. I thought about the terrifying valley she and so many others journeyed through as blacks were discriminated against, enslaved, and lynched all around. I thought of her terrifying journey through the dark valley of physical and emotional abuse and Florence's ability to overcome and still bring beautiful music into this world. I thought about the dark valley of divorce and broken relationships. I thought about the valley of dark irony in that while Florence's music filled the orchestra hall in Chicago that warm night in June of 1933, she still could not vote. In Florence's 66 years of life, she journeyed through more than her fair share of dark valleys filled with shadows of death. Florence's valleys then remain valleys for so many still today. Valleys of racial injustice, gender imbalance, abusive relationships, unequal and biased legislation are still current valleys for so many people. Clearly there are other dark valleys that humans journey through. Many students are currently walking through dark valleys of depression and anxiety over school and grades loneliness, many don't even know when they'll see their families again. Many people are walking through dark valleys of alienation from friends and family due to politics and the upcoming election, which have become profoundly divisive in so many ways. Some are journeying through valleys of substance abuse or eating disorders or self-harm. Some are journeying through valleys of unexpected diagnosis or exhaustion for those in positions of caretaking of loved ones. Unemployment or unfulfilling employment are indeed also dark valleys. Estranged relationships between parents and children and trusted relationships that become harmful are terrifyingly dark valleys. Our harm to the planet that sustains us is a dark valley. Starvation, chaos due to natural disasters, and homelessness are dark valleys filled with shadows of death. Dark valleys are filled with grief over the death of beloved friends and family, and of course, 
Valleys of disease are in our news and in our minds daily as the world continues to battle COVID-19. For many people, it seems to me, these valleys have merged together in a sort of perfect storm, creating one giant gaping valley that the whole of humanity is journeying through together. It feels impossible sometimes to see beyond the shadows of death. It seems impossible sometimes to detect signs of hope and life amidst all of the shadows. After all, what dwells in such valleys but despair? Who abides in such valleys except ones who have no hope? What can possibly live in such places of death? There is one who dwells in the valley of the shadow of death. There is one who chose to descend into hell. There is one who entered the world and was cast into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. There is one whom we encounter in these places of death, one who gives life in valleys of shadow, a light that shines in the darkness, and that one is, of course, Jesus Christ. This is the one who willingly enters such places before us so that when we feel cast into hell, we find Jesus already there. Jesus enters into our shadowy world and seeks out valleys such as the ones Florence journeyed through and the valleys we journey through now. He seeks out the diseased ones who live among the graves and restores them to life and community. He seeks out sinners and eats with them. He seeks out the brokenhearted and grieving ones and shouts into the gaping jaws of death, Lazarus, come out. He seeks out children and the least of these and finds delight. Time and time again, Jesus seeks out the darkest places of the human heart where hatred and judgment and greed reside and brings justice. Whatever valley you find yourself journeying through right now, be assured that Jesus is already there, waiting to walk with you, matching every heavy step and panting breath. No valley is God forsaken. This is embodied by friends who reach out to you when you are struggling, when healing comes to a broken relationship, when a chapter in a book touches the heart, when the fall breeze and crunchy leaves make the sad soul soar, when a symphony in E minor reminds you of inner strength and courage and persistence, to be human means to walk through valleys of shadow and death. To be God means to fill these places with grace and life. Amen.